Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, greetings. Welcome in on a Tuesday morning, March 21st, 2023. Start your day up at 41 degrees in the capital city. And uh, a few more degrees to go. Won't quite be as nice as we saw yesterday. A little bit less sun today. Before we get back into the 50s for your Wednesday. Uh, and on this Tuesday morning, we've got a, a good show ready for you. Another round of Munch Madness results coming your way in a little over 15 minutes. Uh, we'll have Joe Jordan from News Channel Nebraska to come in and talk Nebraska news and politics with us. And uh, then uh, a whole bunch of other stuff we want to get to today during the 8 o'clock hour. Uh, we are open today during the 8 o'clock hour, so we'd love to hear from you on what's on your mind today. You can always text us the Brickstown Recognition text line at 402-479-1400. So that's what we got set for today in the uh, capital city. And uh, good morning to everybody. Good morning, Mark Vale. Hello. How are you doing today? I'm fine. And you? Good. Good. I'm I'm uh I'm fine. I'm uh I'm reading about this uh this proposed annexation that's got some people in Southeast Lincoln fired up. Uh four hundred right a little bit. Four hundred forty five acres. Yeah, four hundred forty five acres. Uh and this is between this would be just to kind of get your bearings on where this is, it would be between seventieth and eighty fourth and Pine Lake and Yankee Hill. So uh, Southeast Lincoln, kind of picture where this is. Uh, but you may not have it's even... Kind of like the Pilot Pet Adoption Center into the south and east, as I understand. Yeah, yeah, that's a good That's a good way. That's to, just a, that a reference point. Home yeah. Depot, uh, yep. yeah, Pilot, all of those things. So that would be on, on uh, 70th and uh, Highway 2, there is highway yep. to, it's, it's actually, to pine lake and it's, so it's, it's actually south of there because pine lake yeah, is would, just south of yep, that pine lake there's that roundabout there's that roundabout area and so it's it's a bit of a um you know it's an area where you've got kind of how i had a friend uh who who lived back there way back way back in the day i didn't even realize it was still outside of the city limits uh but it at least a portion of it is that 445 acre area um, and so, yeah, that's, that, that is an area I didn't realize, you know, I, I just assumed the city goes so far South now that this is an area that I thought was actually still in the city, but it isn't. And so there's, you had a decent amount of residents who came in uh, yesterday to the city council on the public hearing about this and discussed why they didn't want to do this and it, it sounds mark basically like the thought is we know this will eventually happen we just don't know that this is quite the right time for it uh there is a lot of there are a lot of trees in that area and one of the concerns that was brought up is that they actually think that LFR wouldn't be as equipped to handle the, the types of fires that might happen out there as compared to what some of the rural fire departments would be able to to do just because of uh, now i didn't realize this but the testimony was that 
these LFR tanks don't hang, hold nearly as much of water as compared to a rural tanker. Right. right. And so if you get a if you get a fire, a lot of grassland, a lot of trees, a lot of those sorts of things, then the 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 thought was at least from the residents that the rural fire department is actually going to be better served to take on that area because they've got a bunch more water at their access with their tanks. Um LFR I think probably would say, "Hey, but here's the other thing, we could get out there a lot more quickly." Yeah, they've got a station rural. just yeah, to the west of there. Just right there. I mean, station 15 right over there that that combined fire and police station on Pine Lake Road. Right. Um, so and, and so that area then gets serviced by LSO, uh, rural fire districts, and I mean that's all part of it. But they also are concerned about the increase in taxes. So yeah, of course that's yeah, you mean, know that's let's let's face it that's the the biggest thing. That's the yeah that's the that's the impact that comes along with it. But uh, they they basically said hey we don't think that we're quite served yet by city services to be doing this. And that needs to be developed a little bit more before you actually make an annexation like that. And so city council will consider that, but yeah, it's, it is interesting to think of those Lincoln city limits um, on, on the map, because that's probably, I would think about, I'm pulling up the map right now. That's probably about as, as far, I guess it would be as north, as far north as they actually go in terms of where the border on the, the city limits are. As, uh, you take a look at it. Actually, it does go ahead. So I haven't looked at one of these for a long time, um, but it goes all the way out. It goes all the way out to Yankee Hill starting at 56th Street. Okay. So 56, like 56 in Yankee Hill to the west, that's all covered in city limits so like yankee hill country club that that's in that area and it basically goes in a straight line from 56 in yankee hill all the way to uh let's see it was 75th all the way yeah well no i'm going the other direction it would go all the way to first all straight along yankee hill is the border of the city from first to 56th then it juts so going further east then it juts up to the the north and that's the area that we're talking about where there's this kind of jut to the north where pine lake from 56th to basically 56th to 84th is the edge of the city limits and so this is uh predominantly that area that that is it would it would make it it would make it a more straight line square with Yankee Hill being the south border of the city of Lincoln. It wouldn't be perfect, but it would right. it would get closer to just a straight line border for the city of Lincoln that would go from 84th all the way down to 1st Street. Um, now, the rest of the map is, it's kind of all over the place. It It is kind of interesting to look at it uh, because the city limits sort of go down 84th Street, but there's little cutouts um, in each direction, all the way from Pine Lake Road, all the way up to the north to essentially Cornhusker Highway, uh, and then you go to the to the other side of the map, and it's I mean it's all over the place over there. Uh, it's very, but that would that would be the closest you could you would have to kind of one big right angle essentially with the corner the angle there on that being on the furthest southeast border of the city of Lincoln.
No, they could they could just incorporate themselves and call it West Cheney. Yeah, yeah, you 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 could, <laughs> you could. It's not. It is. Uh, yeah, not. But it's not there. Like you know, Saltillo Road, not in the city of Lincoln. I think people know this, but you go down the south Saltillo Road, not in the city of Lincoln. Um, you go on the other side, all the way out, like Ninety uh, Eighth Street, uh, not in the not in the city of Lincoln. So like Hillcrest Country Club, not in the city of Lincoln as well. And it is kind of interesting to look at these these borders and. Um, and what's really interesting is if you take a look at the area that's proposed to be annexed, if you're going south on 84th Street and where the railroad tracks cross there, mm-hmm. uh, it's just the opposite of what you would think. To the west is unincorporated Lancaster County. To the east, it's the city of Lincoln. Yeah, that is. You that, know, so you, that, you'd think it'd be the other way around, but uh, they, yes. they are. Uh, and I, I mean, actually, I lived in a, a part of Kansas City that was the same way. Uh, for years, uh, unincorporated Platte County, Missouri. Yeah, it's and, like there's a little island. So you're talking about like by 84th and Old Cheney? Uh, uh, well, 84th uh, just north of Moore Middle School. Okay. If, if you take it's actually 91st, uh, it actually juts over there, or 84th. Uh, mm-hmm. They're north of um, uh, Union Bank and Trust, or south of Union Bank and Trust, right. and some of those where the railroad tracks. Uh, crossover there okay to the west of it is unincorporated but to the east that area yeah um, is in the city yeah so yeah there's some there's some weird lines sort of in that in that area of uh of town and i hadn't actually i hadn't actually looked at some of these uh some of these maps with the city lit like i actually live very close to the edge uh of the city of lincoln i didn't like 84th and van dorn here is listed as uh, the easternmost. You're darn near a country boy. Lake. Yeah, I am. I could walk to the country. I could walk right out of the city if I wanted to. That's probably why you've got so many wild animals in your. It's probably of true. I could. I could walk for ten minutes and be outside of the city Moving from my house. To the country. I'm a country boy. That's what they say. You guys are well. Caleb, John Caleb, when you need him. Yeah. Caleb at least is the mid city boy, right? There's no. He doesn't live close to any borders, but of course I so do. I am as city as it gets. And it's uh, it's interesting too. Then you go to the the uh, west side of town, and the border is basically some exceptions, but the west border is essentially Northwest Fifty Sixth Street. So it like, it isn't a perfect square, but if you I mean you you could basically say generally the west border of town is Northwest Fifty Sixth Street. Uh, the the south border of town most of the way is Yankee Hill Road. The east border of town most of the way is 84th Street, and then it's basically really hard to say where the the north border of town is because it goes along I-80 for a portion of it. Then it juts way down south. Uh, then it's on Superior for a portion of it. Then it's on Cornusker Highway for a portion of it. So it's all over the map on the north on the north side of town. So. Anyway, kind of interesting when you just uh, annex a giant circle. Yeah, you yeah, just but you could if you made it up if you made it a perfect square. That's probably. I mean, it's hard to do on the on the north side because there really isn't a a street that goes all the way all the way straight through west to east on the north side of town. So that's the because you got highway six, you got I eighty, and you'd have to get up north of Fletcher. maybe like go up to like Arbor Road or yep. something all the way up there. 
to have something that's uh, that's anything like that. Just take it all. There you go. I, th- I think whatever the <laughs> dome covers should be the city. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So, I mean, maybe that would be more persuasive for these people to be uh, involved in the dome coverage uh, in that situation. Just take all of it. Take take most of, if not all, of Lancaster County, if we can, and then just make that the Munch Madness border. Yeah, that's true. There, there you go. We Whatever could, uh, the Munch Madness light touches, that's Lincoln. <laughs> all right, Soresco, welcome. What's <laughs> up, Soresco? <laughs> Uh, so anyway, I thought that was, that was kind of interesting. What else do we have going on here this morning, Mark? Um, well, the governor had his, uh, monthly call-in radio show, talked about a lot of, uh, different things. Um, the, one of the things that, uh, they're not doing in this administration is releasing the governor's public schedule in advance. Yeah, there's a little, uh, yeah, there's some pushback, there. some pushback from both sides of the aisle on that, but, uh, that's the decision they've made. Uh, they also took calls, uh, on, uh, of course, the abortion issue and uh, Senator Greg Kavanaugh's uh, filibuster. And he says, you know, there's going to be some legislation that's not going to happen because right. of it. So, right. Uh, we've got a couple of cuts in the uh, news today. Other things um, city primary, two weeks from today, uh, early voting. You can do it now uh, at the uh, election commissioner's office. If uh, first of the mail in ballots, uh, absentee, if you will. Uh, were mailed yesterday, so they'll be probably delivered by the end of the week. So a lot of those going on. And the other uh, thing uh, that's going to affect uh, northbound South 48th Street, northbound just south of uh, Bryan Medical, oh boy. south to Sumner, the oh northbound boy. lanes are going to close at 8.30 this morning. they got a water main issue. Oh, so this is like a temporary. Uh, like it, a they, hope to, temporary they hope thing. to have it finished up by this evening but still uh, northbound 48th sumner to south closing scheduled for 8 30 this morning and of course that's the main route up to leffler middle school for a lot of people uh, yeah into the Great hospital main route for me to work and into the hospital and the sumner is right there on the south side of uh, brian so man uh, i just uh the the uh I'm glad. Well, I do drive it a lot in the afternoon. That North Forty, or excuse me, that South Forty Eighth area when I'm coming back here to work. But that that is one. Again, we've there have been years of conversations about needing to wide widen Twenty Seventh Street, South Twenty Seventh Street. But I think right on the heels of that one, and I I don't know that it's even feasible with the you know with the property that's around there, but. If there was ever a street that really needed to be widened to four lanes in Lincoln, that's South 48th stretch from, uh, what, Normal to O Street? Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You, yeah. I'm sure you drive it a lot, too, Mark. Yes. And it is just... And it doesn't matter whether you go then, north or south. It's just, no. And then you get that weird, you know, that kind of weird intersection with Cotner uh, and Randolph, that little triangle area there. People well, back it's a, up in actually that whole A and Cotner. A and Cotner. Randolph is up there by Tabitha. Yeah, I guess a, yes. A and A and Cotner in those whole areas. Forty eighth, yeah. Forty eighth, Cotner and A. Yes. It's uh it it doesn't quite get the it doesn't quit the quite get the historic love for needing repair that South twenty seventh does or not repair, but uh expansion. But I would argue it needs it as much as anything. So and I think, didn't we, uh, I I left yesterday before they announced uh, where the women are playing basketball. I 
They're sending them on the road. Shame on the WNIT. Yeah, they're headed down there. It's, I'm going to count the people at that camp. KU game. didn't even have 4,000, and they were taking on Missouri. You would think. Why are they doing this then? Is they it, want they wanted the chance to get the Metro. Be, well, they want to put it in Fog Allen Fieldhouse. Yeah. Is that, they, want, uh, they want to put Nebraska, Kansas, and Fog Allen and have that on ESPN+. Plus. That's the okay, only explanation I in, can come up with. The, the, and they think Nebraska fans will travel better than Kansas fans up here. It's probably true, but it's probably true. When is that then? Thursday, 6.30. 6.30, right You're smack on dab in the middle of all those NCAA games. All right. Uh, thank you, Caleb. I You're appreciate welcome. it. We'll get more sports from Caleb right after this on KLIM. Severe weather means interruptions. Check closings and cancellations anytime at KLIN.com. So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media, source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln and conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the Sound Off on LNK Today. Just sitting here marveling at the uh, at the run of Berea Boss, the 14th seed in Munch Badness, a place that I admittedly was not familiar with on Selection Friday, learned about on Section Friday, and the second straight year where that's happened, and a restaurant has gone to at least the Sweet 16. On that, and so now they will face off with defending runner-up Halia in the uh, Northeast. And the Northeast quadrant is set for the quarterfinals there, or the semifinals in the in the region, I guess it would be. Uh, Isles Pub and Pizza versus Honest Abe's, and Berea Boss versus Halia. That'll be next week when they face off against one another. So, so you have got double-digit seeds into the Savory 16 in three of the four regions so far. Okay. So you've got Legendary Red Rooster, the 15 in the Northwest. The Northwest upset. You've got Cheesesteak Grill, the 12 seed in the Southwest. In retrospect, I would say probably underseeded. Um, that they'll have a better seed next year if they right. make the field. But when you look at the rest of that field, that the 12 kind of just fit where they were, right? Based on resume, yeah. They'll be they'll be seated higher next yeah. year. Yeah, well, and that tends to happen. You get a couple of yep. wins, your seat will change. Yep. Um, and then obviously Berea boss in the Northeast. Now we don't have any double digit seat. Stoffers is the only double digit seat. Stoffers it, and they're a ten, and they're, they're a ten, barely a double digit seed in the Southeast. And they've got Penelope's tomorrow. Yes, they so, they don't feel yeah they don't feel quite like the the underdog that 
that the Bria other boss, digit, it's, it's legendary Bur- red Bria boss and legendary red rooster are the two. Like I'm not shocked at all to see cheesesteak grill there from that 12 seed, um, right? To to get where they are just based on their previous uh, position in these things. But well, and they had a couple tough tough outs, right? They had they got less than 51 percent of the vote over Ticos. And then fifty three percent over Paisanos. Yep, like they they had a couple Close barn matchups. burners to get there. But first time participants led uh, led legendary Red Rooster and first time participant Berea Boss. Yeah, uh, both into the Sweet Sixteen, uh, and that and then as I said, so yeah, that Northeast, like I said, that sets up with. I mean, you could argue three almost blue bloods in this competition: Isles Pizza, Pub and Pizza, Honest Abe's, and Hoya. And then Bria Boss mixed in with them. <laughs> well, yeah, because we were talking about who you would look at in the Southeast region, and you've only got two of them out of the eight that are still to go. Two of them have made at least the uh, the eat eight with yes. Penelope's and Norms. Yeah. Whereas your final four in the Northeast region for your Savory 16 matchups, Isles Pub and Pizza made final fork last year. Honest Abe's made the eat eight in 2021. Hell yeah, was runner up last year. You you've, right. you've seen deep runs out of three of these four, and then one of them is a first timer in the tournament. I've always said that top half on the Northeast is probably the most stacked part of the entire bracket. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, Southeast and, and Berea Boss knocked off HF Crave, who's a former runner up. Yes, in yeah. in the uh, modern era. Right. Yeah, absolutely. That was a that was just a an engine house cafe was was in that bracket too. Yeah. Uh, who's now out of this whole thing? So just to give a little preview of the Southeast that will be coming up next, starting today with, as we said, Norm's on 48th in the eatery. They'll final finally settle that next-door beef that they've got, uh, all in good fun. Then Piedmont Bistro versus Ramos Busters, mm-hmm. and then the two of those matchups will face off against one another. Did, uh, did Norm's on 48th face off against either of those, Piedmont or... Ramos Busters last year on their run. No. They so the didn't. run last year for Norms was Momo, Stoffers, Denton Daily Double. Oh, yeah. Uh, Denton Daily Double. Penelope's then. Okay. And then Isles Pub and Pizza and Hell Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, so they will. Uh, so you would be potentially looking at an Eat 8 matchup with Penelope's as a rematch. I I would love to see the Norms on 48th Ramos Busters matchup just because they're across the street from one, one another. I That's one of the really fun <laughs> things. I know some people are like, okay, we'll just move the regions around on some of these. Oh, they're all in one area. That's the fun part. Right. Is, is seeing them go, okay, Norms was against the first round rolling walk. Right. It's like, okay, they're Actually, right there. Norms, Norms, if, if Ramos Busters wins, Norms on 48th, their three opponents will all be within, like, throw a, throw a football field, uh, right, starting at their restaurant and go every direction. And that's what Walk where out, throw a smashy, be. and it's probably going to hit You're an opponent. Basically going to be with all three of those. <laughs> and then the, 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 the only one Norms isn't going to take on is Arby's next door. Yes, that's true. <laughs> well, and then interestingly enough, and then if you go to the bottom half of that bracket, uh, to find the other semifinalist, and these will be voted on on tomorrow. 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 Uh, El Toro versus Venue. Okay. And El and then, Toro lost a venue first round la- uh, in 2021. Okay. And then Stoffers versus Penelope's. Mm-hmm. Now, the interesting thing is if El Toro were to come out of that whole thing, 
you would have a fourth restaurant that Norm's on 48th could face that they're within a stone's <laughs> throw of. Not quite vi- their their marquee wouldn't quite be visible from uh, the folks at El Toro. They don't have windows in the right places to be able to see that. But El Toro but, could definitely see the smoke signals going up yes, from behind Norm's. But definitely close enough. That's a it's a hot spot for food in Lincoln. Shout out uh, the Van Dorn Plaza area. Yeah. I mean, you're seeing your little food districts in Lincoln when you do this whole thing. Where do you have the highest concentration? We do have a map. I think we still have that up on our webpage where it showed, yeah, the location. Yeah, we do. The location of our uh, of our content. Now, I think one of the things it does is if there are multiple locations of a restaurant on the map at KLIN.com, it marks the the location that would be in the region, essentially. Right is is essentially how this map works from having looked at it before. But like you look at the the sort of the clumps of restaurants that are in this thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a there's a big one. Uh, there's a big one right around Edgewood because right there you've got well Cactus R.I.P. You've got Fortune Palace. Uh, you've got Daffodil. You've got uh, Press Box, and so those that's one clump. Um, and then you've got some more clumps here as, as I look some more at this thing, uh, hold on. I got a, I got something that went, and then you got another clump, another clump right there around norms on 48th, a clump very close that we were, we were just talking about one. Uh, and then you got a big clump, big clump in the downtown. You got a couple of different clumps in the downtown area where you've got a bunch of them. And then you also have a clump, uh, in the, actually on like the, Sort of the Holdridge, North 48th Holdridge area. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of a mini clump there where you've got HF Crave and then you've got Taco. Well, you got one of the Taco Inn locations. You've got Super Taco and kind of in that area, you've got Motor Food as well. And then the other one would be Havelock where you've got three <laughs> Havelock of Havelock for sure. Three of them, three or four of them right together. And I think those are your, your main, like where there's two or more kind of clumped together. That's kind of an interesting way to look at it. So you go voting live at KLIN.com right now. Get your votes in for today's matchup and every matchup. uh, And check out the future matchups at the Lincoln Mattress and Furniture Company bracket. Also there at KLIN.com. Thank you to our sponsor, University of Nebraska Federal Credit Union. And uh, and again, just a reminder, Nebraska Prep Equipment. Uh, is going to upgrade someone's kitchen. Whoever wins this thing is going to get a kitchen upgrade from Nebraska Prep Equipment. So that'll be it'll be interesting to see who ends up with that. Maybe a new Hoshizaki Economy Commercial Refrigerator or two thousand dollar in store credit. I would like a the the uh, our fridge is such a mess. I think we could use I could use a little I could use a nice industrial fridge to put somewhere and just kind of get things spread out a little bit. We have. Oh jeez, that thing looks massive. Is it huge? We have the, the stuff, I've seen your kitchen. This would take over. Would it? Okay. The I don't know, just the design of my fridge. Yeah, I don't know. Do you guys have this thing with your fridge where like the stuff in the back gets buried and you can't you don't see it for weeks on end and that always results in something really gross? If it gets way buried in the back on the back shelf. Not that I've noticed. Really? We just, we have that at our house. I don't know what, if the shelves aren't aligned right to get a good line of sight to the back of it or what it is Mm. exactly. But I always kind of 
dread cleaning that thing out because I'm like, <laughs> oh man, what's in the back? What what did I? What leftover do we have and completely forget about? Or okay, or, I leave most of the refrigerator for for my wife. I know what drawer I get. I go. Oh, you have a dr- I, see I, the drawers help. I I know what drawer I get to put basically meat into yeah that uh, this is where the brats go this is where the the ham goes. Uh, we've got three drawers i have a meat drawer i've got a uh vegetable uh drawer um like produce drawer and then i've got one that's like like basically cheese and yeah. cold cuts and yeah and those sorts of things but and then that vegetable drawer is also a problem too because my goodness every time i'm like okay I'm buying I'm buying romaine lettuce and we're using it. We're definitely we're definitely having salads, having a lot of salads this week. And then a few days later I opened that thing up and I was like, we didn't have any salads. <laughs> or there's or there's a cucumber I bought back in November. Ugh. That's that's always an experience. Uh all right. So there you go. That is the Munch Madness update. Let's jump in to our sound off this morning. Uh, is today going to be the day Donald Trump predicted it? He said he was uh, expecting to be arrested on Tuesday. Last weekend, he put out that statement on Truth Social. Is it really going to happen today? Previously, President Trump predicted that his indictment and possible arrest could come as soon as tomorrow. And while that could still happen, there are some experts out there who think the indictment could come much later than that, likely later this week or even perhaps next week. Meantime, on Capitol Hill, three House GOP committee chairs are now requesting testimony from New York DA Alvin Bragg. In fact, there's a letter I can tell you about. It reads this way. Your actions will erode confidence in the even-handed application of justice and unalterably interfere in the course of the 2024 presidential election. Yeah, in which direction, though? I'm not sure. Will it <laughs> will it help or hurt uh, Donald Trump's chances of getting support to be elected? Now, there was one additional witness that the grand jury in Manhattan did hear from yesterday, and that's part of the reason why people are a little bit skeptical that this is actually going to happen today, and uh, that was somebody who may help Trump with his testimony. Robert Costello says he testified before a Manhattan grand jury for a couple of hours, saying, among other things, that Cohen is lying about hush money paid to porn actress Stormy Daniels. Costello claims in a conversation with Cohen. I said, Michael, where did you get the $130,000? Is that Trump's money? No, it's not. Well, where did you get it? Did you take it out of your own account? No. Costello claims Cohen is on, as he put it, a revenge tour because he went to jail. He added the grand jury may hear from Cohen again later this week, who may try and refute what was said today. Gernal Scott, Fox News. Is it possible to believe at the same time that nobody is above the law and should be immune to, should not be immune from being prosecuted if they they broke the law and number one and then number two i kind of hope this doesn't happen because it's going to be everything about it is going to be so over the top and annoying and and i'm not sure i'm not really sure what it's even going to accomplish 
I can answer like, the first question on, on for a, you. Uh, what, what, what's that? No, it's not possible. You it's, have to just take a side. Yeah, I have to be on one of those things. You, you either have to be one like, side is 100% innocent part of me and lock that, up like, the other side or There's a part versa. of me that like no matter what is true, it's not that I don't believe, you know, it's not that I don't believe that if it is true that ideally that person should be prosecuted, but I also just don't want to live through and do a talk radio show during the time that that is happening. <laughs> That's the selfish, less That's what justice the sound off segment's for. point of view. That's true. <laughs> That's, and then just seeing whatever, whatever happens in our country, if and when that exactly happens. Uh, all right. What else do we have going on this morning? Uh, you never like to hear these words thrown together. Drug-resistant fungus, which apparently is uh, something that is increasing fairly significantly. Okay, not, not after I've I've heard it from my wife the uh, the plot of Last of Us. We don't need oh, we don't need I've, fungus stuff. All uh, right. Well, we've 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 got it apparently. <sighs> The CDC says cases of Candida auris, a fungus that causes serious bloodstream infections and even death in people with weak immune systems, are spreading at a rapid pace in health centers. Cases have been detected in more than half of the 50 states, and the CDC says there's been a dramatic 95% uptick in cases. The CDC says it commonly spreads in hospitals and in nursing homes through person-to-person contact, as well as contact with contaminated surfaces and equipment, and is often untreatable. Some experts attribute the spike to healthcare centers suspending screening for the fungus during the pandemic. Ted Lindner, Fox News. All right. Super. Um And then there's I mean, you don't want to hear about the the super political take aside. I don't want to hear about the world possibly yeah. ending because of a fungus. Well, it sounds like I mean, for the record, it sounds like people who are where have we heard this before? Uh you know, typical healthy people, right. younger people aren't. It's not a super serious situation for them. It's people with you know com- compromised immune situations, uh, more more elderly people. But yeah, I tend to tend to agree <laughs> too. Uh, so I haven't gotten my Rivian pickup yet. Why not? Just I think the main thing. I, number one, I haven't found the color I want, and number two, the wildly exorbitant price tag. I think are the main two. Okay, reasons. number two is whatever. Number one, what is the <laughs> what's the color you're looking for? I don't know. If you buy a truck, what color do you get? Everybody seems. I mean, have you noticed how much how lack uh, we've lost our level of creativity in terms of the color of cars that we buy? Have you ever looked at a parking lot anymore? It's a lot it, of whites. And it blues. is white white cars. Everywhere, mm-hmm. so many white cars. I think a red truck would look good. I don't know, and I don't know why I'm complaining about it. We own two white cars. It, Same thing. I, got, I don't know I, why. I got exactly. a white Jeep. I don't. I don't know why. It was I, cheaper. Yeah, that. I mean, I didn't buy it for the color necessarily. It's it's kind of what they had available. But no, yes. Again, don't know which color. Exorbitant, crazy price tag. But maybe this is another reason. For me not to buy my electric Rivian truck that I think just looks sweet. Apparently, when the batteries on electric cars get damaged, it's not like you can bring it into the shop and just get them repaired. They're essentially unrepairable, and they're wait. It just totals the vehicle. They're totaling out these cars that are barely damaged. Uh, in in these things, take a listen. Down at the scrapyard, electric vehicle batteries are piling up. 
Despite talk of sustainability, turns out there's no way to repair them after a wreck, even though they're worth tens of thousands of dollars, up to half an EV's cost. So insurers find themselves writing off entire vehicles, totaling them over a scratched or slightly damaged electric battery. Reuters reports EV salvage sales on low-mileage Teslas, Nissan, Hyundai, Stellantis, BMWs. Industry experts predict unless the repairability issue in EV batteries is fixed, batteries will continue to pile up, and EV insurance premiums could pile up for drivers. Therese Crowley, Fox News. All right, that yeah, that, okay. So in addition to being uh, exorbitant, I got to put down, what, eighty, ninety thousand dollars $90,000 to get my sweet looking pickup. What's the insurance? My insurance is probably going way up on this thing. And if I do get in some kind of a, some kind of an accident, some kind of an incident that damages the battery, it's probably, it could be done for right at that moment. Even, even if it would be otherwise fixable, drivable, you know, like you would, if you would have a typical car accident like this. What? I wonder what is insurance on a, a brand new Rivian? That's a great question. Like like a, a brand new car that you're 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 spending already north of fifty, north of sixty thousand. Yeah. But they know like she said, if it's scratched. You've got to underwrite the, on, that chance of it being totaled out yeah, on that it, battery. It could get totaled out within a couple of months. Yeah. So what is it is it three hundred, four hundred dollars a month on know. your insurance? I don't know. Gotta factor in my good driver discount, of course, but Okay, three hundred fifty. <laughs> I don't know. I think I'm going to put it off. I don't think it's happening. You, I think I'm. I think you, I'm putting snapshot in the front of your Rivian. I think. I think I'm going. I think I'm going gas with my next vehicle. Still, hopefully that's still about three years away. I like to make it. I like mm-hmm. to make it ten years per car. So I still. Have t- I guess I just have still have two years left to get there. So we'll see. Uh, all right, that's it for our sound off today at six fifty seven. You're listening to LNK today with Jack and friends on KLIN. So you've got an idea for a business, the store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out: everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media, source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, greetings and welcome in LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN, Tuesday morning, March 21st, 2023. It is... Time to talk Nebraska news and politics with Joe Jordan. Covers that for News Channel Nebraska and uh, busy week in the legislature. And Joe joins us now to delve into that. Good morning, Joe. How are you doing today? 
I'm good, Jack. How are you guys? Good. I, I want to start back with something that made news at the end of last week and obviously is going to have reverberations going forward. And that was the news that State Senator uh, Merv Reapy from Ralston uh, is has basically decided that even though he is listed as a co-sponsor on the so-called heartbeat bill, which deals with the legality of abortion in Nebraska, he is going to decided he would prefer to support an amended version of that. That would be a 12 week ban instead of what is, you know, kind of roughly a, a six week ban. Uh, that would be still down from Nebraska's 20 week current. Uh, current spot, but it would still it would still be obviously less restrictive than the heartbeat bill would be. Um, my my immediate reaction to this, Joe, was that there must have been some vote counting going on in the background, and a realization that they're not going to have the thirty three votes that it needs on the heartbeat bill to go forward, and so this is an attempt to still get something passed on this is that a fair assumption about this or do you think there's more to this whole story i think it's a fair assumption i'm not sure it's 100 percent on track to be honest with you okay. uh if, if, first of all merv Rippey, this is his second time in the legislature he was he served eight years before was term limited out uh now he's back uh, or was he beaten by Lathrop? I, and anyways, he's, he's, this is his second time. But this back. is Lathrop C, right? That, yes, it's, uh, it's from Ralston Lathrop area. C. Yeah. Right. Okay. Includes basically Ralston and, and some parts of, uh, of of Millard. Okay. So he's when he was in the legislature before, uh, he was considered a very uh, loyal uh, conservative vote. Uh, so it was a bit of a surprise when he um, put this amendment in to go for in six weeks to 12 weeks. He has said that he has done so, and this doesn't surprise me. I'm pretty familiar with that area of of uh, Omaha. Uh, he said that he just received a lot of in, uh, from both sides, uh, some liking the heartbeat bill, uh, but many in his district um, questioning it, uh, some outright opposed to it. And he felt that it was incumbent upon him, therefore, to come up with some type of a compromise, and he decided on 12 weeks. Now, what that's done is it's put, and, and, and here's, and I, this is why I'm not so sure it's it's about vote counting. It, it said that you didn't have 33 mm-hmm. because it put it put him in in an immediate box. The the pro life folks are furious. The other side of the coin, in effect, sort of the Planned Parenthood pro choice side, they're not pleased because they they still see this as a ban. Six weeks, twelve weeks, call it what you want. They right. still see it as a ban, and they're not happy with it. So, it you know, in, in terms of <laughs> in terms of his, what phone calls he's receiving and information he's getting from the outside, um, I don't think Murphy did this for any other reason. To be honest with you, I think he, I have no reason not to take him at his word that he was getting information from both sides, indicating to him that um, that, that six weeks was was too severe. Uh, in his view, from what I have uh, put together, uh, he said it's always not easy to tell if there's a heartbeat at six weeks. There might be, there might not be. Um, so he was concerned about that. Uh, so it's not, you know, I'm not sure politically it's put him in a position of strength. Uh, now, granted, he's, you know, he's, it's, he's got four, four years before he makes any other decisions uh, going forward. But 
But I don't think it was, I'm not sure it was a political decision so much as it was him hearing from his constituents and deciding to look for some type of compromise. But but it's a compromise that neither other side really wants. I it mean, may be a compromise. So you're saying it's, it's a compromise in, you, you know, in, in theory, but it may not be a compromise in practice in that it may not pull votes, you know, from opposing sides to the middle. Right. I, I think now, is what you're saying. In, yeah. in fairness to, what, to your assessment, the reality is when you put that amendment on the table, if there are other lawmakers, and I've got to believe there are some, who are, who are hearing some of the same things that Senator Reapy's hearing, that, you know, six weeks is, 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 is too severe. Uh, can we find a common ground between the 20 weeks we now have and the six, and that's the 12? So he may, his action, his amendment may pull a few votes away. Not that they, they weren't going, let, let me put it this way, they weren't going anywhere until now. Now that he's put the amendment out there, maybe some people will say, well, yeah, maybe that's more reasonable. I'm hearing it from my constituents as well. Uh, so if you've got a few other moderate uh, uh, Republicans uh, on, that are weighing this thing, they may look at that amendment and say, yeah, I can, I can go with that. So it may actually draw some votes away from Senator um, Albright's plan to have to get this, those 33 and get this thing through. Right, yeah, but your point is well taken that – in, unless it unless it gets those votes, it doesn't. You know, it it's it's going to sit there. And uh, as I understand it, you know, Senator Albright has not it, it indicated that she. This is something that she's kind of the same mindset as Senator Reapy is. She she wants to stick with with her bill. Now that of course could change down the road, but it sets up the situation where he offers the amendment, and and how long are are the people who supported the initial bill, the heartbeat bill, wanting to hang on to that one as long as they can, or when do they kind of eventually say, okay, you know, we, we've got to get, like, it's just a question if and when that actually happens, I suppose, uh, in terms of whether or not this could be a true compromise. Right. And, you know, if, uh, you know, I mean, if you go back to the original legislation, there were 32 sponsors. Uh, no, I'm sorry, 29 sponsors, uh, one of which was uh, Democrat Mike McDonald from Omaha, the mm-hmm. only Democrat who supported the bill. So that left, that left, in effect, left four votes. And it appeared that some of those four were swinging over to be in favor of, uh, of, of the six-week ban. But now with the 12-week amendment on the table, those four, if they were somewhere in the middle, weren't sure, they might easily say, okay, I can twelve is a lot easier for me to go with, uh, and now and, and now you don't get to thirty three. Right. So yeah, yeah, and and I guess the sort of the nuts and bolts of how this plays out on the floor. You know, I guess the amendment is offered. Does the amendment get the support? If it doesn't, is it the heartbeat bill or bust? I, I guess I don't know the answers to to that about how this actually plays out when this eventually gets to the floor. Well, and the other thing it does, and and I don't know, I I had not heard when Senator Albright's bill was going to come to the floor. She had indicated to me almost two weeks ago now that she thought it would be a couple of weeks. Uh, It still hasn't happened. Forestall that. This may push that back a bit because the speaker, in in in, in, if history is any lesson for us, these things, the speakers usually want to know because it's going to be an eight-hour debate for, for the first round. They like to know, you know, do you think you've got the votes to, to push this? Do you think you've got 33 to end the, end the filibuster? 
and, and now it's probably a lot more uncertain if they've got 33 votes. Yeah. So he may. So the speaker may not want to schedule it just Which, yet. They may. They may get that pushed back a bit more in, in this in this session. And I guess the the sort of I don't know. Ironic is the word, but the weird thing about this is this is what the last legislature and its leadership was talking about last fall about doing with the special session. Mm-hmm. Um, and they nearly did it, but they just fell a little bit short of getting the votes necessary to start a special session, and presumably. Had they had they pulled an appeal for the special session, this would have been law already with, uh, with, with last fall in this whole thing. With basically exactly with what Senator Reapy, at least in terms of a timeline, is suggesting right now. Yeah, it's it, it's it, it's been a fascinating turn of events. That him, him putting that amendment out there and and basically leaves us right now scratching our heads as to where this thing goes yeah. because it's just absolutely now not clear. Um, so it sounds like this kind of, um, filibuster marathon, uh, that Senator Kavanaugh has been heading up on a whole lot of bills. She has decided in conversations with the speaker to end. And today is the day that the bill that she was kind of, that she had motivating this whole thing on transgender issues is actually going to come up for debate I don't know if you if you have a good sense of this or not. Was it that she sort of thought that kind of the the symbolic act of standing up for the people that she was afraid nobody felt like they were standing up for was accomplished? Was it that there was you know just kind of too much pressure on this thing, or was that she thought she maybe got some sort is going to have some legislative success because of this? Why why that decision now, as best as you can tell? I think it's a combination of all those, but I think the prime, the prime reason is the last one you said. I think she's done the counting, uh, and she's pretty, and she, in her, in her own mind, rightly or wrongly, and but there's indications that, that even those on the other side agree that there aren't enough votes to pass that transgender uh, piece of legislation. I think when she when she was able to realize that, and was that caused because she because of her filibustering? It's not clear. Were people getting tired of this? And then, you know, okay, we can, we don't need the transgender bill right now. We can, we will force, you know, we'll, right. we'll give it its hearing. Uh, but let's get this thing behind us so we can, we can accomplish at least some other things in this session. Um, and so I think she's done the counting. She's very confident there aren't enough votes. Um, I saw where Senator uh, Kyle, who's, whose bill it is, has indicated that she thinks getting to 33 is not going to be easy. Wow. So I, I think in the end, I think in the end, uh, Senator Kavanaugh has done the vote counting, and she decided she could end the filibuster because there aren't enough votes. Let's have let's have the debate on this transgender legislation right now. As you said, it starts today, and uh, the most likely there'll be a vote on Thursday, and we'll find out if there are 33. Uh, Kavanaugh is pretty convinced there's not. Uh, my good, I mean, if that happens, Joe, if what you're talking about happens, it's not going to exactly discourage people from doing this in the future. <laughs> I mean, that that's what I continue to ask when she was doing. I said, is this, what is the, like, is there any chance it's actually going to be successful in terms of the legislation, which I, at the time I kind of doubted, but I thought, you know, maybe it's just, you know, it's a kind of a very just symbolic thing, um, even if it isn't going to actually change any votes. But boy, if what you're describing actually happens um it's it's gonna look like a pretty successful strategy for all the criticism that it got 
Well, not only that, but I think this is a misunderstanding, not necessarily in Nebraska, although I do think some people in Nebraska are probably not aware of this as well, but certainly nationally. When you use the word filibuster, what comes to mind is someone standing up on the floor of the legislature right. or wherever, and they just talk forever and ever. Reading and ever. Dr. Seuss, yeah, th- right. that sort of that's thing. Not what it, that's, that doesn't, that's not the way it works here because other people can, you know, she in, in effect, she gets up, she makes a motion to bracket the bill, which is to kill it. Uh, she's got 10 minutes to talk about that. She does her 10 minutes, and then other lawmakers can get up and comment on it. So it's not that that's not that old Miss, uh, Mr. Smith goes to Washington gotcha. until you get up and you filibuster forever. And so it makes it, a, you know, in some respects, it's a little bit easier. What I do think it it brings into play again is somewhere down the road, and I don't, I'm not, I don't see this being imminent, but I do think somewhere down the road it's going to bring up the thought of, lowering the threshold on the filibuster, mm-hmm. maybe from 33 to 30. Uh, I do think that her action may spark that move again at some point here. When, I don't know, but I do think it's going to come up again uh, with those in the majority saying uh, 33 is just an unreasonable number. It should be 30, uh, which is in effect you know, two-thirds of the legislature. 33 is a, is a bit more than that. So. You know, it takes 30 to override a governor's veto. Why should it take more than 30 to end the filibuster? I think mm. this is going to come back. Like I said, I'm not sure when, but I do think uh, Senator Kavanaugh's filibustering this time around is, is going to engender that discussion again. And and assuming this, yeah, go ahead. I'm just curious, uh, Joe, how many pieces of legislation over the years would have been different if the threshold was 30 instead of 33? I don't have a number, but I'm sure I know there's it's a plenty. Because yeah. oftentimes, if you'll get 31, you might get 32, but you don't get 33. There were yeah. several pieces of legislation over the years that would have would have Nebraska might look a bit uh, might look a bit different if the, if the threshold was 30 in years gone by. And, and then I guess my last question for you is: so it sounds like this this is over this this kind of what few weeks long filibuster i saw some of the numbers just in terms of the bills even the priority bills that they've gotten to and it's it's incredibly few how much does that you know change the feel for the second half of this legislative session when they're going to be i mean delving after into things one after the other now yeah and you know just to go back to the uh the question posed to me a second ago i'm pretty sure last year i think Senator Brewer's concealed constitutional carry legislation, I think it had 30, but mm. didn't have 33. I, yeah. could be, I could stand corrected that, but I'm pretty sure he had 30, but he couldn't get to 33. So that was that's just one. I, th- in, in the immediate, I think maybe the abortion uh, trigger law was the same way, too, if it I It probably was, because yeah. they were very close, but they couldn't get to 33. Yeah. Uh, so uh, there's lots of key pieces of legislation <laughs> that, are, that are out there on that subject. Yeah. And um, in, in, in terms of your question, Jack, yeah. Uh, I mean, they they have to do a budget. We all know that that that's in the Constitution. It's actually the only thing they really have to do is is the budget. Uh, but they've got to have a budget, and um, the, the the abortion bill is going to be, be obviously you know the next hot topic. Uh, and then um, the, the constitutional carry bill is going to it's cleared first round. It's got to get past two more. If that one looks like it's it's going to pass, but you know it's, it's looked like that before, and Senator Brewer has been surprised by things yeah. that have come out of nowhere on him. Um, so there are plenty of pieces of legislation that uh, that may fall by the wayside because, they, in effect, they lost a good couple of weeks. Now, it, I, as we all know, the speaker has now jump-started when they're going to have evening sessions because he wants to be able to get 
this thing kind of back on track. How much that's going to help, I don't know, but um, they are going to start the evening sessions a couple weeks sooner than they would have normally. Yeah. And they got a whole lot of money to, uh, to spend in projects that people want them spent on. Uh, that I'm yeah. sure we're going to be hearing a lot more about here during this this second half of the session. Uh, great, great insight, Joe. Thank you so much for explaining uh, all of that. Very helpful as we go into what's going to be a big day of debate today and uh, following the legislature for the rest of the session. Appreciate your time. We'll uh, we'll talk to you again next week. We'll see you on News Channel Nebraska. All right. Thanks, Jack. I appreciate it. Joe Jordan, News Channel Nebraska, seven twenty seven on KLIN. I like the local news because it doesn't get into all these politics. Get today's top news and sports directly to your inbox. Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. All right, let's get things going right away. Let's, uh, let's get number six real quick. Okay, we, number, let's get things going we with get, we get number an, six. Uh, LTU just uh, sent us a quick email. Adam Street. 14th, the Cornhusker is closed. They got a water main break. Just hit. So, oh boy. That's a busy area. Oh boy. Yeah. All right. Sorry about that. Keep an eye out for that. No, no problem. Thanks for the information there. And now we'll get sort of started with number five. 47th day of the 108th legislature will be called to order at nine this morning. They'll have the opening formalities. And then debate begins on general file. LB574. That's Senator Kathleen Kautz. Let Them Grow Act. Debate expected to be lengthy and intense. Uh, yes, uh, both of those I can, uh, I can, I'm very sure that will be the case. Now, it, I, the conversation I just had with Joe Jordan was an interesting one, Mark, because I had asked when last week we found out Senator Kavanaugh was going to uh, basically stop with the filibustering that she was doing of all of the bills. Um, I asked, okay, what triggered her decision to do this? Was it basically, hey, I did this for a time period. It was symbolic, but I don't want to completely, because there are things that I want done in the session. Is that what it is? Or has something actually changed with the votes on this bill? Does she feel like she's in a good place now with this bill? And Joe seemed to think that this most likely indicates that that she thinks the votes aren't there to get this past the finish line on this. And that's why she's willing to go forward now with this. So we will see if that is actually the case. I didn't expect that to be the case, but but now I'm wondering after I talked to him about that. Now, LB 574, you mentioned the Let Them Grow bill would ban individuals under 19 from receiving gender-altering medical treatment, such as puberty blockers, hormone treatment, and surgical procedures. And came out of committee 4-2. to two. Kavanaugh was one of the dissenting votes on that. The other one was Senator Jen Day of Omaha. Senator Lynn Walls was not there for the, uh, for the vote. So, you know, we saw Mark already during some of the the filibuster discussion, just how 
ratcheted up. The rhetoric and frustration and center motions happened before they actually got to this bill. Now they're getting to this bill today. And uh, it'll probably be a little bit later in the week that we actually see a vote. But we'll we'll find out if this thing's got a potential of going on or maybe, you know, maybe what Senator Kavanaugh was doing was, I, I, I don't know if that was the reason. I don't know if it... If it doesn't end up getting across the finish line with enough votes here, I don't know how much the filibuster impacted that. I don't know if it would have been that way otherwise, but it's certainly not going to dissuade people from thinking about doing this again on this uh, on, on a bill where you're in the minority, but you oppose it. And who knows, as Joe said, that might bring about a discussion about bringing down the vote threshold for the filibuster. From oh, yeah, that, that, that's been talked about before. But, right. Uh, I mean, this might... You, this but this might, could be the, the, a, the impetus, yeah. A boost to it. Similar really discussions, happening. though, I understand, going on in Iowa as well. Uh, and, of course, they've got uh, a little stronger or a little more uh, right-leaning, uh, conservative-leaning legislature. But it looks like it probably is going to pass in Iowa. Okay. And, the, and the governor there said they would sign basically the, what, I, as I understand it, about the same level of uh, legislation. And then there's a, a second bill. Now I don't know if this one is up today or, or goes along with this no, from the, Senator the, Kauf, the five seventy five. I just looked. I just got the agenda from the legislature. Uh, five seventy four is the only thing to be debated okay. this morning. So event, eventually they'll also get to five seventy five, which is in kind of the, on the same topic matter. Uh, that's the Sports and Spaces Act. That would restrict access to school bathrooms and locker rooms on the basis of biological sex and would add similar restrictions to most school sports teams that would effectively ban trans and non-binary use from entering spaces or participating on teams they otherwise uh, would based on gender identity is what though so that's the one that deals with sports and the and the bathrooms that we've seen discussed in other states so here we go mark here we go get it on yeah that will be happening today at the legislature and so we'll have more on that uh of course tomorrow morning and of course you can watch that on nebraska public media uh, that is all streamed and also on uh, certain cable channels. Yeah. So. All right, let's move on. Number four. Lincoln City Planning Department filed an application to annex about 445 acres, more or less, on property between 70th and Pine Lake and 84th in Yankee Hill. Got some opponents uh, that live in that area. Uh, a couple of the issues there would be city services primarily fire coverage because there are no fire hydrants in that area and oh. they're they're concerned about the response times if, you, if you've got since they've got it's a more rural setting as i understand it more trees more grass that type of thing and lfr does not have the type of equipment that the southeast fire district rural district has to uh, fight those types of issues so that's one of the primary reasons and of course taxes are the other reason well sure that's why yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah. Uh, now, I, I actually have an update. I'm looking at a more updated map than I was earlier. This is a map that's as of March 9, 2020. So I'm not sure how many annexations have taken place since this, if any. But you look at the map, and this is actually, and it is essentially an island. Yeah, it's totally within, surrounded. Within the city. It's Yeah, it's, it's surrounded because, like, you go Yankee Hill between 70th and 84th, and that is... You know, straight down south, at least a little ways from there, is is in the city. You go to the east of there, and right from 
84th Street or or even a little bit further uh, west of there. You've got it. So yeah, it's a it's basically an island. In this map I'm looking at, it's an island of white with city blue around it in in all directions. And so it sounds like they realize this is eventually going to happen. You're not going to have an island within the city forever. But it sounds like they want at least uh, they want some more infrastructure to be ready about the unique piece of land that that is within the city of Lincoln. Because if you've been there, just to to kind of put it in your mind's eye, think of where the the Pylock Pet Adoption Center, the Home Depot yep, is. South of there. So go just straight south. Right. Straight. There's the roundabout there. Where Ziggy's at is. Lake, the new coffee the new shop. Co- which always has a giant line of cars. <laughs> yes. I don't, what is going on at that coffee shop? I've never been through it, but there are a lot of people there every single time. Um, but that would be so, Mark. That would be the as northwest thinking, corner. That'd be the northwest corner, and it would go out from there. And so, if you've driven by that, if you've gone in, if you've used that to get out to Saltillo Road or something, you know that it's it is. I mean, it's a very heavily wooded area. Yes, it's more so than than most most sections. And one of their concerns is, hey. We think the rural fire department is going to have better capabilities if there is a fire out here just because they've got larger tanks. LFR, of course, does have a fire station. Just, you know, throw a stone from that area and you're going to hit that LFR station there. But the thought is, at least from some of the residents, that the rural rural firefighters would be more equipped to take care of it because they I didn't realize they had such... Such bigger capabilities in terms of large water tanks on their, um, well, yeah, on their equipment. I mean, LFR doesn't need them because they've got fire hydrants uh, readily right. available. Right. So yeah, and that's it. That that gets to what you were saying yep. with the fire hydrants. It is. Yeah, it is interesting to look at this. Maybe I'll I'll go into this a little bit further. But there are uh, there are a couple of places where you have little cutouts and islands within the city of Lincoln that people probably didn't even realize unless they live there or are close to there so yeah and it's not easy to when you've got a situation like that i mean to uh, do a an incorporation of a, a village or a, another town you know to be uh, isolated I, that yeah. way because then then you've got all of the issues of infrastructure that you've got to uh, take care of that little area that little area would have their own mayor <laughs> between oh. pine lake and yankee hill i mean how many people I mean, live live there probably I mean, it does know? happen in some of the larger cities yeah. i mean you know, look at Omaha. You know, it is basically swallowed up Ralston and Millard. Right. And That's true. Some of those. That's La true. Vista. Uh, all right, next. Number three. Doesn't matter how you feel about it, but today, maybe later this week, or maybe next week, unprecedented moment in history in America. Law enforcement officials, though, are gearing up, bracing for protests with the possibility of violence. After uh, former President Trump called in his supporters to protest ahead of a possible indictment. I don't know. They just had testimony on this yesterday in front of the grand jury. Yeah, and I think they've got another... another, uh, somebody else is going to testify, I think, tomorrow. Oh, so. okay. Well, I don't think an indictment is probably coming today, then. No. If that's actually... That, that doesn't mean that there might not be one later down the road. Uh, later this week into next week, perhaps. Uh, but, man, Mark, if this happens, it's, it's, everybody's going to... It's it's going to be crazy. It it's going to be crazy if it yeah. happens. And I like... I don't even know. I don't even know that I've got the. 
capacity to think about it now in terms of what's right and what's wrong on this thing. I just, I'm just exhausted of, of the, just the circus around all of these things. And, and, and there really is a part of me that's like, okay, I get it. Like, I, I, I get it. I certainly don't think it's out of the realm of possibilities that he did break a law on on this whole thing. It doesn't sound like the most savory situation. On the other hand, and I also do think nobody should be above the law. On the other hand, I also think it's not necessarily this particular offense is not doesn't feel like it quite pertains to like crazy super high crimes and misdemeanors either. I'm just pulling that I'm pulling that out of the impeachment language, but just as a, a sense, I mean, it could very well it very well could be just a, a misdemeanor if there's no underlying crime that the state is able to prove in connection with essentially falsifying business documents. Here's here's the thing. It, it's, it has to do with election financing. At least that's what part of it is. That's how they could connect it to an underlying crime. But that's a federal offense. That's a so federal offense. Sure. Yeah. And so the, the, the question is, the feds looked at it and denied to do anything. And on uh, election campaign issues, it's usually a fine. It's not a uh, criminal offense. So, so yeah, And that, now you've got it coming out of the state courts. Right. And, this is a state prosecution. And, like, I think... You know, I think there's definitely a possibility they could get a misdemeanor conviction on this. I don't know how easy it would be to tie it to in furtherance of a larger crime that would make it a felony. And then there's going to be the issues about statute of limitations that are, I mean, there's a lot of legal technical issues one, around this. I'm one like, of the things. What are we going to get? Like, I guess we're going to gain holding everyone to the same standard. But other than that. Well, you can uh, argue that with the Hunter Biden laptop, uh, same standards. I mean, you know, that's all going to come out. But I. On the statute well, if, it was, if if the stuff is there, yeah. Yes. On the statute of limitations, I did hear yesterday that governor, former Governor Cuomo actually extended by executive order the statute of limitations by one year because during COVID. The, during right? COVID, yeah. right? So yeah, I, 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 I don't, don't know, know what, if that puts it in there. I don't know that, if it does either. So wait, the statute of limitations got a COVID year of eligibility? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> took, right, exactly. took that direct from the NCAA. It already had senior night a year ago, but. He's had three still, senior nights. How is he still here? <laughs> People are going to go berserk when this, if and when this happens. And uh, oh boy. but it also gets the uh, election to uh, focus off of DeSantis and back onto Trump. Yeah, that's the other thing. I don't know that. It, I really don't know that it hurts him particularly. in, in the whole, I mean, you don't. You shouldn't be doing this. Indictments doing are never or good, not doing this. No, but indictments aren't good. Yeah, I suppose. I don't know what's good and what's bad anymore, Mark. I don't. Number two. Once thought I knew. I, I was driving on North 84th Street yesterday and just happened to notice a sign. Uh, regular gas, two ninety nine nine, dropping under hey, three bucks. Ooh. Saw it again uh, a couple of places. Looked at Gas wow. Buddy. Some of the stores, uh, especially the big box stores, and up there on North 84th where the gas wars always seem to run. Yep. You know, two ninety six. I think, a couple of places in town, but still about 20 cents higher than our good friends in Omaha. This was a year ago when it started skyrocketing, too. Because yeah. I remember we were on our spring break trip, and we were like, uh... <laughs> yeah, you guys we, hit all the gas. We maybe shouldn't have... Yeah, maybe shouldn't have driven all the way across the country. We drove down to Oklahoma to meet the kids, and 
I filled up my truck in southern Kansas, and it was the first time I had gone over 100 bucks for a tank. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> All right. Number one. Spring is here, so is spring football practice. Opened up yesterday. Caleb was there for the news conference. Yeah, Caleb, what takeaways yesterday? Uh, it just overall it just felt like there's a different energy. It's it, not 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 better, not worse, just a different energy and um than what we had under Scott Frost. And obviously when things aren't going well, you can you can feel a bit of a negative energy towards the end of the run of the Frost era, but but things felt good yesterday for a first day. Things sounded good. You learned about the uh the players that aren't around anymore. That are just that are just not with the team, or that are suspended right now. And that, that's one of the things that you learn on the first day of spring ball: who's not there, who's there, and who's not. Hopefully, yeah. all that gets rectified, but it still looks like there there's going to be a good spring of football on hand. They got the second practice underway actually right now. Uh, we'll hear again from coaches on Thursday. Actually, we'll see a little bit of practice at the start of Ooh, Thursday. Okay, we're going to send uh, Mr. McMaster out there, bring back some notes for me. I have to get a report. But yeah, it, it it's going to be an interesting spring because now you have this coaching staff getting to see the players in person, go through actual football drills, and right. what all of that looks like. They're on practice number two of fifteen, April twenty second spring game. How many quarterbacks are still going to be here after April 22nd? Right. That, that's that's still going to be a question that just looms over the entire portion of spring ball. Yep. A lot, a lot of them out there, but they're getting going, and now let's just hear no big news about injuries would be very Yeah, nice. that's, that's always the, the one. you got to avoid that. That's it for your morning drive. Brought to you by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management on KLIN. When you're... Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. 811, welcome back. LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Glad to have you back with us. Caleb, I have become weirdly interested now that we've we've talked about that uh, annexation story. I become weirdly interested about what you want to annex. No, not what. Well, maybe. <laughs> I mean, now that I see that that area that they were talking about annexing at the city council is, I, I didn't know. I mean, I don't know. If people even knew it's just an island within the city of Lincoln. It is. Uh, it is the Pine. It ne- I feel like it needs a name. Pine Lake to Yankee Hill, and roughly, I mean, it's not a square, uh, even a polygon, but anyways, but then like roughly 70th to 84th, but not quite the whole way to to 84th. It's it's just a, it's an island because then you've got way south of that, plenty of city well to the south of that going on past Past uh, Yankee Hill Road, all the way down to Saltillo. So there's there's cities so, like all around this area. Yes, there's no. Yes, there's city in every it, the roundabout. So the roundabout that is at Yankee Hill and Seventieth is part of the city, uh, and the roundabout that is part of Seventieth and Pine Lake is part of the city. But <laughs> you go to the anywhere to the. South uh, to the let's see to the east of that is not so it legitimately is like an island uh, if you if you take a look at this but I was I I just hadn't looked at it I've got a, a map that I was talking about that was updated in 2020 so I think it's it's fairly updated with what constitutes the city of Lincoln do you know 
what the longest is. So I, over the years, have uh, done these walks across the city, and I've tried to, it, it, eventually, it at first was trying to walk across the city, which I perceived in year one as Lincoln North Star to Lincoln Southwest. Which seemed really like big and bad at the time. I remember every time you talk about this, it's like it's not that far. It, was, it seemed like it seemed <laughs> insane at the time. I think it was like uh, twelve, thirteen miles, maybe. And the very last time I did this, when I did the last walk across the city, we got up closer to thirty miles that we actually went on this whole thing. Now, my, I need to pull up a separate map where I've actually got the mapping tools on this. But I have found truly, you know, some people say it's quicker to drive from Lincoln to Omaha than it is from one side of the city to the other. If you were ever going to test that, here's how you would test it. What what is the what are the endpoints on that? I figure I I've got the map up and okay. I have eyeballed. I think it's pretty. I'm pretty sure I have found the longest distance from one point of the city to the other. And it wouldn't be diagonal necessary. I could give you a long diagonal one, but I think the very longest one is the northernmost tip of the city of Lincoln to the southernmost tip of the city of Lincoln because it might be more north and south than you're even realizing. The very northernmost tip would be um it's up by it's up there by north 56th street it goes all the city limits go all the way to bluff road so how far north is that how far north is that you ask uh that is that's north of the it's it's significantly north of the interstate okay so that that is uh yes that would be that's north of that, north of of Cornhusker Highway. So that's yeah, it, it's it's uh oh a decent amount. I can't I can't I don't quite have a guide on this thing, but it's a few miles north of seventy seven in the interstate where they come together. So again, this is about North Fifty Sixth Street all the way by Bluff Road, north of north of the interstate. It essentially, I mean, listen, our friends from Soresco, it's. It's South Soresco, essentially. <laughs> it's South Davy, South South Davy, South Soresco. The that's the, why I say let's just take Soresco. The farthest south tip of the city of Lincoln is actually south of Saltillo. There is actually an area that goes beyond south of Saltillo in the area of South Twenty Fifth Street. So. Saltillo to basically South 25th Street to about 77. About 77 is the furthest, uh, is the furthest south that you're going to go. So, uh, I don't, I was going to pull out, I was going to pull out, but I want to know if you drove the whatever the, I don't know what the best route would be between those two points. Um, <laughs> it, I guess it would probably honestly it would be it would almost for sure to just get on 77 it, it absolutely would just be to get on 77 but what I wonder is if you if you took regular if you left from that north point of Lincoln that most north point of Lincoln that we were talking about about Arbor Road north of I-80 and you decided to drive from there 
on I-80 to the east, how far you could get as compared to driving from that point through the city of Lincoln to the south to get all the way to that point in South Lincoln, south of Saltillo Road. That would be the fastest. Could you get, my question is, could you get all the way to Omaha? Or at least what we consider to be Omaha if you did that. That's what I'm curious about. Oh, yeah. It definitely bounced us over to 77. Yeah. 77, it definitely said. Okay. Which would be. What is it? How long? What's that? The length of that drive? 18.6 miles. Yeah. So you're on 77. I mean, you essentially are right by. That's the thing is you're right by these these parts on the beltway. 77 being the. Now here's the thing: West Beltway. If you take 27th, that really only adds three minutes. Okay, so if it it cuts off four miles, so if it sends you on 27th, so it essentially would send you, it would just get you down, it would get you down over to 27th, get on 27th as soon as you can, and then does it have 27th going straight through? Yeah, all the way through. All the way down. Oh come on! How many? uh, (laughs) I disagree. I, (laughs) I do not. No, thank you. Is what I say to that. It takes tw- so it's basically a straight shot, essentially on twenty seventh, all the way from like the interstate to Saltillo. Yeah, basically. And what did that have in terms of mileage? Fourteen point six. Fourteen point six. Yeah, that's still. I mean, I guess it stands to reason when I walked from North Star to South Point, or excuse me, to Southwest, that was like eleven or twelve, and it's not that far. Why does it seem way, way more than that? Like, that sounds... I don't feel like this is... If I drove that right now, though, how many minutes is that taking me? Right. If I did the 27th route, if that's the fastest non-77 route to do... Here's the thing. It's supposedly, in the way it's supposed to work, is it's routing you based on current traffic conditions. Which so, so it, it's, we're it's, still, you know, we're still at the, I guess, the right. end part of the morning rush. But I'm just saying, if you went and you were at all those car dealerships right off the interstate, right, and you went from there and you said, we're going to go across to South Point, that's going to take you more than 20 minutes. That's what I would think. Right? Right. Like, there's so, no way I'm hitting enough green lights to blast through town. R- right. Right. So I guess my question, and then let's put you back at what, you know, 56th and whatever, 56th and Bluff Road or 56th and Arbor or whatever, whatever it is, whatever that northernmost part is, and send you down I 80 from there. How far could you go exactly? Could I get to, in that same time, could I get to La Vista? If we left at the same time, mm-hmm. one of us heading toward the southernmost point of Lincoln and one of us heading the other direction on I-80. I'm just putting this, because this is an expression that has been used by many people, probably including myself, at many times. When you've got a trip somewhere in Lincoln <laughs> and you say, and, and probably most of us have said it, you say, I could get to Omaha faster than I could get to point A from point A to point B in Lincoln. Well, I am taking literally the longest distance possible driving. 
in the city of Lincoln, and I'm seeing if that is actually true. Mike A. on the Rickside Recognition text line says, I live west of the airport. It takes me about four minutes longer to get to the Gretna Outlet Malls than it takes to get to Gateway Mall. To Gateway? Jeez. From west of the airport. So, okay, if that... I mean, west of the airport is not too... I mean, that's further west than we're talking here with this northernmost point of Lincoln. But I, I'm still just eyeballing the map, the city limits map. So that'd be it's, like in the Arnold Heights area. It's definitely, I mean, it's definitely the very furthest distance that you could go, as the crow flies at least, uh, is is that very northern tip, that very northern tip on Bluff Road. And what is it? It's actually Bluff Road and 40th Street. It's not 56. So Bluff Road and 40th Street. And so I want to go from Bluff Road and 40th Street to, Ohm, let's see, to like La Vista and see how long it, it would take me, according to the map. That's interesting. How long did, so he said he could get. He just said it's only a four-minute difference. Okay. All right. So Bluff Road and, and 40th Street. And then I'm going to uh, get directions. Let's see if I can, I can figure out how to do this here. <laughs> I still don't know how to use Google Maps very well. Yeah. So we're going to start there. How far do you think, how, how far should I send us on I-80? Should we say to La Vista? Yeah. All right, let's say to, to La Vista, Nebraska. Okay, this is get geez. I, see, this is still giving me 41 minutes. 41 minutes from Bluff Road and North 40th Street, the northernmost tip of Lincoln, on I-80. That gets me to La Vista. Why does it feel like that that trip's just not near as? But I go near as bad, near as long. But I go to Twenty Fifth and Saltillo, as you said. Um, and that is going to give me twenty six minutes. But again, that's on Highway seventy seven. <laughs> so maybe is that saying just completely untrue? We've all said it. Is it completely untrue? Is there no drive in Lincoln that is actually shorter in minutes than a drive to Omaha? It depends on the time. At at 4.45 in the afternoon. I don't know. I'm just going to stop saying this if there's no scenario where this is actually true. I wouldn't stop saying it. It gets the point across. It does. It gets the point across that we need to get some faster. We need a faster way to get from (laughs) North Lincoln to South Lincoln. That's it. That's it. Right, when do we it, build the north to south overpass? That's over the top of the thing. Just like that Dodge Street Expressway that they have in Omaha. I want to high Boom. five the sower on my way across. I want an okay? Autobahn across <laughs> the top from, uh, I don't know, just run it over 48th Street as far as I care. <laughs> that would be amazing. Yes. Get off one side of the interstate, get off the other side. You know, have a few exits, maybe. One on the other side of the South Beltway, and then maybe five exits in between. Just this Just giant down roundabout over, <laughs> over Midtown Lincoln. D- down ramps. Oh. All right. It's eight, we got all that lottery money. we got to do something with it. Uh, or the gambling money. Say 25 on KLIN. Why do you listen to KLIN? Let us know with a voice message in the free KLIN app. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. 838 LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. So our uh, our friends at the Go Big Redcast uh, like like to listen to the show and tweet us in sometimes. So thank you to them. I appreciate that. But they, they said 
in evaluating the statement, you can drive to Omaha faster than you can drive across Lincoln. You should be measuring taking off from 84th and Cornhusker. Uh, you stop there. The city limits go right beyond that. Not much further than that to uh, Highway 77 and Saltillo and measure that against going to Omaha. So I did that. So I have got um, here in front of me right now. Now, this isn't quite Highway 77 and Saltillo. It's close. I actually measured it to the to the Warhorse Casino <laughs> just because I wanted to. Okay. Which is a little, you still have a little ways to go to to get down there. But to the Warhorse, so from 84th and Cornhusker to the Warhorse, what is your guess on how on how long that is in minutes? The fastest way you could do it in minutes. And by the way, they're sending you on I-80. They're actually sending you to do that. They're sending you on I-80 and 77 to get there. 28? 23 minutes 23. Okay. is what they say, 19 miles. Okay, so now I'm going to type in just a check. Let's say, let, instead of saying, let's say Nebraska Crossing. Nebraska Crossing would be 24 minutes. So that's the truth. So there we go. You could get, according to at least these these maps right now, you could get from Lincoln to Nebraska Crossing in Gretna faster than you could get from one corner of Lincoln to the other. But what if you're not able to utilize 77? I mean, yeah, th- that's what I said. That's what I said before. I just, is that fair? Is that fair to actually count that? I mean, sometimes there's an exit that's closed. That's true. So I, it, I don't even know if it gave me an option to go to the Warhorse without, let's see what it, what it gives me here. If I plug in the Warhorse again. Okay, it gives me a route through Lincoln. Uh, okay, what, what, this is interesting. Where is it going to send me? <laughs> it. Uh, oh, it's sending me down. All right, it's sending me. It's essentially sending me down uh, uh, Cornhusker Highway. So, I can, are you letting me use uh, a little bit of Cornhusker Highway, then Salt Creek Roadway, then Ninth Street, then Fourteenth Street, and then getting on Warwick Boulevard from there? So, if you allow me to do that, that's going to be twenty. Let's see here. This is going to be twenty-six minutes. Okay, is what that's going to give me. So that would be, yes, that would be a longer trip. So I still have not found. Now, you guys who drive through more rush hour in the morning and in the afternoon probably than I do, you can tell me if you believe these numbers that the, that Google Maps is spitting out to me to get from one end of the city of Lincoln to another. And it's fair if you don't. It's it's completely fair if you don't. But... Let like let's okay, let's add it let's take it to like Bish's R V. That's that is right okay. down that is right down that's right by Saltillo and seventy seven, right? Um Okay. So that is gonna that says twenty five minutes if I use I eighty and I use seventy seven. It says twenty eight if I go through the city of Lincoln. And that's still not even gonna get me that's still I doubt gonna be Faster than going to La Vista. Yeah, La Vista is still 38 minutes. 38 minutes. 
I think we've maybe have we once and finally disproven this thing that we all say or most of us say you can oh. go from one end of Lincoln to the other. It takes more time to do that than it does to go to Omaha. And Chicken I've said a lot. I've Chicken Ridge lot. wants to get into the semantics of from the edge of Lincoln to Omaha, who lives on the edge of Lincoln. That's also true. I'm just trying to I'm trying to give you the most favorable I, I if see, it were to be possible. I see what you're I see what he's saying in terms of going across Lincoln, but I'm giving you the best scenario for going to Omaha mm-hmm. and the worst scenario for going across Lincoln. Yeah. So that's the, I get the, it. the best scenario. Because if you live, you, I mean, Chicken Rich is right. I mean, what if you live, you know, where you live? Yeah, right here. That makes the trip to Omaha longer, and it makes the trip to Bish's RV or to the Warhorse shorter mm-hmm. in all of those situations. I'm just giving you the most favorable conditions possible for literally going across the city of Lincoln versus literally going from the city of Lincoln to Omaha or as far as you can get. And unless these times that they're giving me, which they may be practically not the truth, I don't think that's ever, I don't think there's any scenario where it's true. Have we, is it, have we just overstated just how bad it is to get around town here? I think it's more, we just really dislike the lights. We really dislike the stoplights across town. They feel very inconvenient on the, like, for for me, if I had the choice of go to Nebraska Crossing or go down to... You would still rather take it even though it's literally a longer trip. Yeah. Rather, rather than somewhere on uh, North 27th, <laughs> drive all the way up, oh, get on 27th, drive through all of the lights, get past Home Depot. Yeah, I'd... I'd almost rather go to the Here's, Nebraska Crossing because from where I'm at, it's like, okay, I'll hit a few lights, but I'll get on the interstate and just breeze up there. Let me describe how they're they're taking you. They're taking you from 84th and that you stop up there. They're taking you on, on Cornhusker Highway all the way down to, uh, to State Fair Park Drive. So you're driving that, you know that Amigos where is there? I used to go to that Amigos before games at Devaney Center sometime. They're taking you all the way there. Then they're getting you off, getting you on Salt Creek Roadway, basically driving through uh, by the university on Salt Creek Roadway, going by Devaney, Mm -hmm. going by all of those. And then they're getting you on all the way down to North 9th Street. You're going on the right by the stadium, right by the football stadium. And you're getting on North 9th Street, and you're taking that straight through the Haymarket. You're taking it straight through downtown. And then you're getting on Rosa Parks Way. See, this is still getting you out on this is still getting you out on 77, Caleb. Which if you think that's cheating, which I don't think it I is. Don't, I don't think it's cheating. I'm just curious without the assist of 77. That does still it's still you're still using I don't even know if it gives me a choice. Okay, here's the other here's the other option. That it gives you. Oh, God. Now, this sounds like a terrible way to do it. The other option that it gives me is just take 84th all the way, all the way across town until you get to Highway 2, Old Highway 2, Nebraska Parkway, till you get to Walmart, Menard, Sam's Club. You know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. Then it gets you on Highway 2, the old Highway 2, taking that over to the new Highway 2. 
And then it's taking from there, it's taking the South Beltway all the way over to Saltillo and 77. It does not even give me an option, Caleb. There's no available option that does not travel on either Cornusker Highway 77 or or Highway 2 or South Beltway. So we've got Which, some, so we've got some decent roads that can get so us across town. The question realistically. Yeah, the question is maybe my route that I'm giving is not a is not the worst route because it's got too easy of access to the existing beltways. Is there a worse is there a and maybe this goes to what Chicken Rich is saying, maybe we need to pick a commute and I don't know what it would be that where 77 these most painful ones that we all go on frequently that doesn't give you an option to get on 77 or but what is that exactly like do you want is me to it, take do you want me to take are we taking it? like highlands to like Holmes Lake or something do you want me to go down O right here and take 33rd as far across the city as Yeah, something like that, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't that because I bet even if it if there's no is there any route you could pick from north to south Lincoln on Google Maps where it doesn't say forget going through the middle of town, you should actually go on the get on either 77 or or get on, you know, I80 at some point or go way down on 84th and eventually get on Highway 2. Mhm. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not. Is there any route from north, to, like long route from north to south, where that's not the best way to do it? If you went to the exact like middle of the city where that would be hardest to do, you're probably talking about going from like, I don't know, 27th and Sapir. I still think it's going to take you off. Let's say 27th and Cornhusker, and you're trying to get to, say, 56th and 56th and Old Cheney. 27th and Cornhusker to 56th and Old Cheney. Can you put that in? 20, or I can. Because uh, I want to see if it still gives me uh, like a Highway 77. on. Uh, so we'll say like Super Saver on 27th and Cornhusker to, what did I say, 56th and Old Cheney? To, let's say, Laszlo's. Laszlo's on uh, uh, South Old Cheney Road. Let's see what it does there. All right, let's. Okay, so that it's uh, that is only taking me on Twenty Seventh and Nebraska Parkway, Old Highway Two, and it also is giving me an option that employs Normal Boulevard. The time that it says nineteen minutes. So uh... nineteen minutes. I don't know if I believe that. What if I'm taking it a little bit further and I'm going out to, oh, I don't know, let's say the target on 40th and Pine Lake. Okay. Can I get, yeah, t- target, South 40th Street and Pine Lake. Oh, I got that up to 21 minutes. Got that up to 21 minutes. And that, oh, yeah, that one. I found a fun one. Okay, what's that? The uh, and this our our friend Dave, uh, who also does some writing for Husker Max, uh, asked on Twitter and said for Cracker Barrel North Twenty Seventh. Okay, that's a good point. To uh, Standing Bear. Now there were a couple oh, of options, but that's going to get put you on seventy seven, isn't it? Yes, there were a couple of options, and I declined both of them to instead take Fifty Sixth Street. <laughs> 
56th Street. Um, All the way through town? This is a disgusting route. <laughs> What's the route that is giving? So 50- from Cracker Barrel. So it, it Which is on 27th. It's probably taking you down 27th to normal, I bet. So you start out, you get on North 27th out to I-80. And then you take that all the way down to Nebraska Parkway. Wait, wait, wait. It's you're not getting on I eighty, right? You're not No, it, it puts you on I eighty for a little bit. Oh, really? Okay. Well, isn't that okay. Yeah, so you you avoid twenty seventh all the way. Okay. Okay. And you take that all the way down, um, you get to Nebraska Parkway up to fifty sixth. Then you just take fifty sixth the rest of the way out there. That's twenty nine minutes. I'm trying to figure out if there is a the the most is there a are there routes in the middle where it actually doesn't make more sense to go on 77 or I80 or especially those two that that's the most interesting thing actually you know what the the way to probably do it is to since there's no east beltway the actual way to do it is probably by going up to oh Havelock, North, go way up by North, by the old uh, Abbott Sports Complex. Ooh, there's an option on Google Maps. You can avoid highways. Oh, okay. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Oh, man. <laughs> you're you're going to start adding some time to all of these. Okay. All right. Uh, okay, so I'm going. Okay, I got a good one for you. I got a good one for you. So I'm going from Dieter Foundry, which I could, like, actually, I could go all the way up to Abbott. It's called Lincoln Sports Foundation now. Mm-hmm. Go from Lincoln Sports Foundation to the Target, the Target on Pine Lake Road. It does not suggest any, this does not give it me any highway options. It is a straight shot. This is insane. It is a straight shot down 70th. All the way from Cornusker Highway and 70th, basically, all the way down to 70th and Yankee Hill Road. <laughs> that, that, my friend, so if you live in one of those uh, new areas out there by Yankee Hill and you got a job at Dieter Foundry and that's your commute every day, that's 26 minutes. And the, the, the best way you can do it is by going down 70th, according to this. This is a fun game. Try and find the most painful route driving through Lincoln. By the way, Ron says that since it's been legally established that legendary Red Rooster is now in Lincoln, we got to go from uh, Soresco to Warhorse. <laughs> Soresco to War. That sounds like a that sounds like a party of a night. There, <laughs> we're hitting the Red Rooster and then we're hitting the Warhorse tonight. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> All right. So uh, thanks for playing along with our game. It's eight fifty four. It's Alan K today with Jack and friends on KLIN.